Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Hello and welcome back to Maximize Your Influence. This is episode 357. Kurt Mortensen here as we take a deep dive in the world of persuasion, motivation, influence, negotiation, mindset, self-persuasion, the things we should have learned in school. Welcome. We've got a great guest today. His name is Chad Hymas. And Chad inspires, motivates, and moves audiences, creating an experience that touches hearts for a lifetime. He's one of the youngest ever to receive the Council Peers Award for Excellence from the National Speakers Association. In 2001, at the age of 27, Chad's life changed in an instant when a 2,000-pound bale of hay shattered his neck, leaving him quadriplegic. But Chad's dreams were not paralyzed. That day became an example of what's possible. He's a best-selling author and recognized as a world-class wheelchair athlete. In fact, in 2003, Chad set a world record by wheeling his chair from Salt Lake to Las Vegas. And to my math majors out there, that's 513 miles. Chad travels as many as 300,000 miles a year, captivating and entertaining audiences around the world. He's graced the stage of hundreds of professional and civic organizations, including Wells Fargo, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, AT&T, and American Express. Chad, warm welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Kurt. Appreciate it. Oh, it's good to have you here as we talk about these skills. As, as you know, these soft skills that just make a huge difference. But as sure. our listeners know, we got to start off with the crazy question of the day. So, Chad, tell me, what is the worst vegetable on the planet and why? Asparagus. Uh, easy answer. Asparagus. It tastes <laughs> great. Love asparagus, but it makes your pea smell. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. It's good going in, but not going out. That was a quick answer with asparagus. It is kind of a gooey, well, I guess it depends how it's cooked, too. Sometimes a gooey yeah. green mess can make a big difference. So we'll put down asparagus as the worst vegetable for you as we dive into you know, some things that will make a huge difference in your life and going out there. So, Chad, as, as you look at the world right now and things that are happening, <laughs> just leadership in general, what are the big mistakes, the biggest mistake you see that leaders are making that are trying to promote change and to inspire and influence their team? I think the first thing probably in order to answer that question, and I don't know that I have the perfect answer, but it's to define what leadership is. As we see leadership in the world, there are people that are classified as leaders, and I'm not talking about anybody specifically. I'm not talking about the red or the the uh, you know the red or the blue as far as uh, politically speaking, or left or the far right or the far left. I'm just simply saying, leaders in general, you have good and you have bad. What is the definition of a leader? It's certainly not a title. Title does not define leadership. It's demonstrated by behavior towards people. And when does a leader lose credibility? When they begin to lose the care or the passion for the people that they serve for. That's when they lose credibility. And so I think we're seeing that on both sides of the fence in our, in our country. I think we're seeing that all over the world. All leadership is Curtis influence. So we've had good leaders and bad leaders. Let's just name a couple. Hitler, hate what he did. You got to hand it to him. He was able to obtain influence. Another one, Bin Laden. Don't like what he did, hate it. But you got to hand it to him. He's able to obtain influence. Mother Teresa, awesome, awesome what she did. And she had no social media. And she impacted eight countries with water without using any type of social media ads or any cell phone device. All she did was had an idea. So if 
Mother Teresa can do something like that. Why cannot you and I do something as it pertains to influence, which is leadership in our own small circles within our homes, our offices, our cubicles, our construction sites, wherever it is that we work. That's what leadership is. I love it. That's true. Then a lot of people think they're leaders when we're actually just managers, day-to-day tasks. As you mentioned, a leader is influential and they can use that power for great good and great evil. We've seen that all over the world. We've seen it through the history. But you mentioned leadership too. So a lot of people are losing credibility, especially when the people they're trying to lead sense they don't care about them. What are some other things that leaders are doing that's caused them to lose credibility with their followers, the people they're attempting to lead? Yeah, one thing that comes right to mind right off the bat is once you lose trust, it's very difficult to get back. Leaders, they, they're not perfect. None of them are, but they're willing to take ownership and accountability, even if it's not their fault. I'll, I'll give you a personal example, and then we'll try and make it more relative to everybody else. I'm not the one that goes to school. My kids do. So I can either blame my kids if they're bringing home bad grades, take away their cell phone, their iDevice, their iPad, soccer, football, basketball, whatever it is and blame them, or I might want to grab a mirror and look at myself. Leaders that have effectiveness to them and that have true influence, they take ownership and accountability. And then the best thing for me as a leader or a father in my home would be to go sit down and spend time with my son doing math, even though I don't really understand the math he's doing. It's the time that I'm showing him that I care. Why? Because people don't care how much you know about leadership. They don't care how much you know about being a president or a presidential candidate. They don't care how much you know about being a politician or being the CEO of a company until they know how much you care about their needs, their fears, and their victories. So our listeners should write down that acronym, NFV, needs, fears, and victories. How can a leader become more effective? Fulfill the needs, fears, and victories of those people that are in your circle of influence. Don't lose trust. Some of you that are listening to this podcast have small children. Go take one of your children, two or three or four years old, throw them up in the air and catch them, Drop them one time. Watch how enthused they are to do it the next time. (laughs) Don't lose trust. I agree 100% with that. But let's kind of take a look at it. What if they feel like they've lost some trust with some of the people they're leading? I know you lose it really fast. Is that, are they able to mend that? Is there a way to do that? Is it just, it's not, I don't think it's quickly done, but one way to, to make it happen faster is to take ownership and ask for forgiveness or be, be penitent, be willing to take ownership or take ownership for mistakes that might've been made. An argument with a spouse, right now, even in my mind, I'm trying to be careful because we don't talk politics, but if just one of our candidates would take complete responsibility, I I don't care which one, just take responsibility and say, you know what? I'm not going to blame that person. I'm going to take responsibility because I'm running for the highest office in the land and the whole world. I guess I am making this political. And it's one of the things you don't do on podcasts, but I just, I think so many people are confused. They feel uncertain. They feel doubt. They're, they're fearful. It'd be amazing I'll give you another example. People are hurting right now in our country. They're hurting very, that's not a secret amongst anybody, no matter what their race is. um, Some might argue more than others, and that's fine. But the bottom line is people that live here and that reside in our country are hurting. They're hurting very badly. We have a House and a Senate, and they can't seem to get along to come together to come up with something to help out our people, whether that's a stimulus package or something to benefit our people, because they're arguing back and forth. What would happen if one side surrendered and said, you know what, we don't necessarily agree with the whole package, but in the interest of our people, remember people, our greatest asset of the country, our people, we need to come together to resolve this. That would give them more credibility than to fight for what they want. When it comes to voting and the UPS and ballots being mailed in, 
they go right back to Washington to vote that in, right? Does that make sense? But when it comes to coming together, they stop talking. So I'm just talking about that because the obvious is, is the leadership that we're seeing in our country. And I'm not just talking about our top leadership and our presidential candidates. I'm talking about all leadership combined. What would happen if somebody actually gave in? And most would see that as a sign of weakness. I see that. I believe the American people would see that and, and other people would see that as a sign of strength. So I think that a leader surrenders. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, you don't want to, listeners, look to politicians for examples of leadership because that, that's not happening right now. And it's more dividing more than uniting people. And that's a big challenge. And like you said, it causes that fear and that uncertainty in these, these strange times. Let me ask you this, though. If you're, as you look at leadership in general, those that try to influence what is that one tool they're missing in their toolbox, that one trait or characteristics you feel that, I mean, if they could work on something that'll make a huge difference that's probably not in their toolbox, what would it be? That's a good question. I um, Sometimes I feel like I don't get stumped too easily. I don't know that there's one tool. I will say that there's someone that came to my mind as you were talking, and it's a golfer by the name of Phil Mickelson who had an opportunity two years ago to do something that no golfer, including Tiger Woods, had never done before, and that is – you know, win four majors in a row. And the challenge with that is his oldest daughter's graduating high school the night before the tournament begins. Tournament is back east. Phil Mickelson is in La Jolla, California. So when you have a tee time in golf, it's a draw, right? You draw your tee time. How easy would it be for Phil, who has definitely has money because he's won a lot of championships and lives in La Jolla and they, and they have a nice home and he has three children and a beautiful wife. How easy would it have been for Phil to say, you know what, sweetheart? Here's a special envelope from dad. I hope you have a great graduation. Thank you for understanding that dad's going to try and complete this dream and this vision and go in this tournament and do something that's never been done in the history of golf. Thanks, sweetheart. And dad's on the road. How easy would that have been for Phil as a leader in his small circle of influence to do that? How easy would that have been? Yeah, simple. Simple. Instead, instead, Phil stays for the graduation the night. Remember, it starts tomorrow. Phil stays tonight for graduation. He stays for the party after, takes a private jet out from California over to Pennsylvania. When you travel west to east, you don't gain time, you lose time. His tee off and practice is at 6.43 a.m. It's a four-day tournament, 18 holes a day. For the first two days, he struggles because he's, he's needing rest, he's needing sleep. He comes back, long story short, wins the tournament, and when he's given the cup and the jacket at the end, guess who's there to see him receive that? His daughter and their two other children and his wife. And the most important piece of the whole story is, what will his daughter never forget, even when she's faced with depression, maybe suicide, divorce, maybe one day? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying she will face adversity. We all do. She's going to go through hard times. What will she not ever forget? Dad cared. She'll never forget how much her dad, that she means to her father. Now we're talking about someone that understands influence is not about the number of people or how many people. Everybody else, like me, who read and watched that story come to fruition and they were watching the channels to see and hoping he would win because they knew the story is being shared by all the broadcasters just that one small act like mother Teresa, and i'm not even catholic and i love that story i'm just saying it's absolutely amazing one small thought one small action one small act of kindness when you're asking for a tool maybe that's it one small act of kindness and how that just blows up in our world, we call it going virtual. I just call it being kind and let everything else take care of itself. I mean, the aurora will light up. Your countenance will light up. The story will light up. I don't care about how many likes it gets on social media. 
I just want other people to be better because of the one random act of kindness. Yeah, I love that example. Just being kind, that random act of service, taking a few minutes to praise somebody. I mean, even Phil would have lost. We would have respected more as a For person. For sure. And For it sure. would have been a great story. I mean, he got both, which is great, but sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but it was still the right thing to do. And that is a great characteristic of leaders to do the right things at the right time, Absolutely. making a difference, being a kind, taking a few minutes, going out of your way are all traits of a great leader because that empathy, you care. And it's not just about you. You're concerned about the team. Perfect examples. So thanks for I thought of something that. else, Curtis, you were sharing that. I am... Um... You can't beat hate with hate. You can't beat negativity with negativity. You can only beat it with positivity or kindness. But here's the catch. It doesn't mean you're going to win. Kind of like you said, Phil might not have won. But it does mean you won't be seen as the selfish, arrogant, self-serving person. Even if Phil would not have won, you're absolutely spot on. I, I totally, I, you and I are in the same, same, same boat here. I, he would have been seen as a victor because of what he did and what he sacrificed. The fact that he did win is just icing on the cake, but that wasn't the most important thing to him. And his daughter will never forget that. Phil would not have been considered a loser in, in daughter's eyes. The daughter will always admire and never forget that dad stayed because there's only one graduation, right? And so I just thought that, that what you said is perfect. It made me think of that very simple phrase that you can't, it's a true value. It's a true principle of life that you cannot beat negativity with negativity back. Um, you can only beat it with accountability, ownership, positive comments back, even kindness, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. It does not mean you always win or win the argument or you win the case, but you won't be seen as the immature imbecile. And I think too, you might lose something in the short term, but you're winning in the long term. Just reminds me of the, those track and field events where the race, where someone trips and falls and the winner picks them up and helps them across the finish line. And even though they missed oh, yeah. out on that race, it We've changed seen lives and that example and inspired people. So even though it was a short-term loss, it was a long-term game for them and for humanity. So I think yep. that's a good piece for us to kind of hold on to. Even though it takes an extra five minutes or a little extra effort, it's what it's all about. So that's a good message for everyone, especially this dark time when everyone's negative. Like you said, you don't fight negativity with more negativity. you got to switch it up, especially if you truly want to be a leader. Good Agreed. stuff. Let's switch gears a little bit. You know, everyone's searching for success, and it's kind of a dark, cold time now for a lot of people. What do we say to somebody that is searching for success and wondering what's taking so long? And they see the people around them that maybe they don't think you're that sharp at achieving 10 times more. And like, wait a minute, what do they have that I don't have? What do you say to that person in these times as far as pursuing that goal, wanting for success, and wondering why it's taking so long? So, number one, um, seeing other people and seeing what they have that I don't have, I've never been successful at that. Comparison is not successful at all. I could easily find myself in that trap because of my arms don't work and my legs are numb, my hands are numb. And so I could easily look at other people and think, well, if I can only do what he can do, or if I can only dance with my wife, like he could dance with his wife, or if I could only play catch with my kids, like he plays catch with my kids. Comparison is not the way to be successful. Number two, how do you define success? People define it in many ways. I define it in my way, a little bit different. Success is knowing, and at least in Chad Hymas's handbook, is knowing that those that, that know you the most care and love you the most as well. If you don't have those people on your side, who do you have? So my number one objective in my daily day-to-day -day routines in life is to make sure that the people that know me the best, that they care about me. If, if for some reason I have lost their trust or been disrespectful or lose credibility with them, I need to do the best I can to try and earn, apologize, ask for forgiveness, and gain that back. 
And that's a great point, the whole comparison thing, because people get stuck in that trap. But I think that, well, we know that's the challenge with social media, because you're always comparing your weaknesses to other people's strengths, and that's not right. the game. And maybe there's certain strengths that we're just not destined to have or certain skills that we're not destined to have, and we get stuck in that trap going through that. But well, let me just ask you then, what is one secret to success? If you look at successful people, we've got to look at, of course, goals and how again, you define I, success. Again, I'm asking how you're defining it, Kurt, because I, I define, I mean, when you say successful people, I, people are looked at differently. I mean, are we looking at Shark Tank? Are we looking at people that are buying businesses? Are we looking at billionaires? Are we looking at people that have things going for them that are their core values? I kind of saying all the above. I guess I'm assuming, which I shouldn't have done, that people have defined what success means to them. I mean, too many people rent the idea of success from society, it means wealth and a big house and a big Absolutely. Like you say, right. so, yeah, you success be is a personal that. thing. I'm assuming people have defined success, which maybe a lot of, I, mean, I guess we know a lot of people haven't done that, but they've defined success and they're pursuing that. Is there a specific thing? Uh, nothing wrong with a dream and a goal, but success to me is different than that. You know, nothing, nothing wrong with big dreams of having a nice house or, or having wealth. To me, that's a goal or a dream, but that doesn't mean success. A lot of, a lot of people with a lot of money, Divorced three times, four times, not happy. I look at some of my dear friends that I have watched over the course of the years on television. Robin Williams, a lot of money, made a lot of people happy, ended up taking his life. Chris Farley made people happy, made people laugh. Two of my favorite comedians of all time. And we're not allowed to judge them. None of us are because we don't know what that's not for us to do, number one. And, and nobody knows where they were at. If we're willing to define success by other attributes that people have, healthy marriage, values in their family. They seem to be successful in business and, and, and are busy people and seem to be contributing to their society and finding places to give. Some of the most successful people that I've ever met aren't necessarily contributing financially or have a lot of money. So what's one trait that they have? They're remembering that you give without remembering and you receive without ever forgetting. That's a trait. They give without remembering who they gave to. And I'm not talking about necessarily money, although that could be a piece of it, but they might give of themselves. They might give a portion of their food. They might go give service somewhere. They might just give of their time, give all they have, even to, to one individual. And they don't expect anything in return, so they forget it. And when they are given something, they don't ever forget it. That means you're always in debt. You're always indebted to somebody else as far as service goes. And so that's, that's my secret to success in defining it. Because I really, I don't like the definition of success as it pertains to, to money. Just because of the people define it that way and they call it success, I haven't gained much of anything in life until I've lost everything. Sometimes when we lose everything, and I've lost 95% of my body, I've lost an income from my family, I've lost my job, I also caused 52 other people to lose their jobs, and there's no better place to start than when you feel like you've lost hope, lost faith, lost the ability to do different things physically. That's a great place to start. Once you start looking at it from that set of bifocals, holy cow, success windows just begin to open one after the other. Yeah, I love that angle. And listeners, that's great homework for everyone to sit down and define what success means to you and quit borrowing it from your neighbors, from society, from the world, and define what is it that I truly want to accomplish and do. And that'll make a big difference as far as being able to achieve that and reach that goal. Great information. Really appreciate it. I hope you guys have got a feel for that and how important that is. And Sometimes when you do lose everything, that's the time to really kind of ponder. Maybe it's the time as we look through this. I mean, as we go through what's happening in the world right now, people are losing hope. They're losing inspiration. They're feeling dark, a little anxiety, maybe a little depression. Any words of wisdom for someone that's kind of stuck in that trap? You're right. And I think there's so many people that are stuck in that trap. And 
I'll just share with you what my dad said to me in the hospital when I felt stuck, unable to go where I wanted to go and do what I wanted to do when uh, I woke up from a coma and found out that I was going to be 95% numb for the rest of my life. My dad said, stop thinking about you. In, in other words, I kept saying, I can't walk. I can't hold her hand. I can't play catch. I can't feed myself. I can't get dressed. He said, this conversation is not about you. It's about everybody else that's going to benefit because of the influence, remember the leadership that you carry here for. And that one sentence has probably saved my life. So the next time I talk to somebody like today, or I send a text off, or I send an email out to a client, I'll do the best I can to not use the words I, me, and my, and insert you, we, ours, and us. Two things happen regarding depression. Two things happen. First thing is your focus becomes on somebody else's problems, their fears, their uncertainty, rather than your own. And the second thing is even better. Guess what happens to your problems when you're focused on somebody else's problems? They erode away. Well, almost. I mean, I'm still <laughs> paralyzed. I, well, they don't I'm, disappear, I'm, but the, yeah, yeah, the but impact. Absolutely. I got you. You don't, you, don't, you don't have time to think about it, Kurt. I don't have time. I mean, I just got on a podcast with you. I've been up since four this morning. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm thoroughly enjoyed today. We had two presentations virtually this morning. This is my third one of podcast. I've got two more this afternoon. I've got to prep for. I don't have time to worry about the fact that I can't feel my legs. I don't have time to. And when I do think about it, because it does happen, when I do think about what I've lost, I don't want to stay there very long. Otherwise, I do get depressed. I do get down. And that same countenance affects my wife and my kids as well. So I've got to be careful to get out of that rut real quick. Uh, that's great advice. If you're getting down in that trap and you're stuck to depress the anxiety, be more concerned about other people, serving other people. The problems won't completely disappear or ever disappear, but at least you'll be in a different mindset and enjoy what you do. Great advice. Take that to heart, everybody. So Chad, is there one thing that uh, we missed, that one thing you want our listeners to know? I guess I just end with asking people to be careful with what they're thinking right now about today's podcast, what their belief system is, because whatever they're thinking right now will dictate their actions when they turn this podcast off. And actions always dictate the results that they get in their life. So it all starts with belief. That's the root cause. Be careful with what you're thinking uh, as it pertains to yourself, your confidence, what you're capable of accomplishing, the success that you're able to achieve, setting high goals, setting strong goals, achieving strong values, and that let that belief system drive your actions because actions don't do it. Just because you decide to do something doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you're going to do it. So actions have to be included in that. You've got to have tangible action. And then finally, the results. Let the results take care of themselves. Love it. So Chad, where can our listeners find out more about you and what you do and your message? Oh, they could just Google Chad Hymas. Just Google my name or go to us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. It's just C-H-A-D-H-Y-M-A-S. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate your time and your insights and your words of wisdom. So listeners, search out Chad Hymas. That's H-Y-M-A-S. You can search him. Find out more about him. Go to LinkedIn. Get some great information on staying on track, being more influential, being a better leader promoting change in the world, good change in the world. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and iHeartRadio. And of course, on YouTube under Maximize Your Influence. Or go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com to check out the archives. Get my free best-selling book, Maximum Influence. That's a new edition. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. Take your free Persuasion IQ assessment, see where you rank, and check out Influence University. There were a lot of nuggets of wisdom there. Take that one thing that resonated with you, implement it, apply it, make it a tool in your toolbox, and go out and persuade with power.